Good morning, friends. I'm Pastor Jim. It's so good to have you worshiping with us in person or online. Uh, I am not able to worship with you personally this morning, but I know that you're having a, a great service. If this is your first or second time worshiping here at Faithbrook, uh, we would love to get to know you. And one of the ways we can get to know you better, if you'd be willing to uh, fill out one of these blue cards that are in front of you, if you would give us your contact information and then place it in the offering box on your way out, I personally would like to just send you an email or a thank you note uh, for giving us a chance to worship and to, to thank you for being our guest today. One of the heartbeats of Faithbrook is to love people. And we love people right here in our community and around the world. In the last couple of weeks, we've been asking you to bring in some supplies for Operation Christmas Child. And this last week, our teenagers and preteens, they were given the opportunity to pack over 50 shoe boxes of Christmas uh, supplies and toys. You know, this is also the heartbeat of Christ, that he wants us to love our neighbor, but he also wants us to love people around the world. And that's why we are in network with a movement called the Church of the Nazarene. And this movement has over 500 missionaries that we help uh, support and give. They are on the front line around the globe, uh, sharing Christ in a great way. And one of the cool things they have is a unique tool to uh, inform people about the good news of Jesus Christ. It's called the Jesus Film. They use the tool of the Jesus Film, the Cube, and other resources together with the infrastructure of mission organizations to make it to where we're yielding fruit that will last. There are so many groups around the world that can be identified as an unreached group of people. And now with these kind of teams, we're able to take a message in their heart language to people that really have never had a chance to hear. I can't think of anything that's just a better payoff in terms of direct investment. If you're a Christian and you want to make Christ-like disciples around the world, a lot of people that are unreached are isolated and being able to reach out to people with the Jesus film so that they can hear the gospel is going to be challenging. And it's, we're going to find new ways. We're going to find God opening new doors. The mission isn't finished until we're able to alert everyone of His gospel. When the Jesus Film teams that we have help us to accomplish the Lord's goal of spreading His name, His good news all around the world. Hey, that was pretty cool how God is using technology around the world to help share the good news of Jesus Christ, especially through these missionary efforts. Now, if you're interested in supporting our missionaries financially, one of the easiest ways you can do that is to go to our church app on your phone. You download that. And then on this app, uh, there is the giving button. And when you go to our giving button, you just type in an amount of donation or offering that you would like to, to give. And then the button next uh, will give you an option of what category it goes into. 
uh, it will default to the general category, which is our local church. But if you press it, you'll see another option called missions. And so several people in our church give to this church the general local operations, but then also give a, a little bit more to world missions. And so you would just select that, and that donated amount would be able to go to world missions. As we continue in our series, Faithful, I want to introduce you uh, Pastor Peggy. Pastor Peggy grew up in the Minneapolis area, and she got a degree in nursing and eventually found herself in the medical business field for years. But in that professional life, she had a call on her heart to follow uh, Christ leading to be a ordained minister in, in our church, the Church of the Nazarene. And so for years, she had she has preached and taught. And here at Faithbrook, we're lucky, lucky enough to have her as a volunteer staff member. And uh, once in a while, uh, she will teach and, and preach, and we're fortunate to have her sharing today. She is a gifted teacher. She's really uh, an expert in Old Testament and tradition, the Jewish traditions. So she will continue on now in our series, Faithful. Well, he was a pretty inexperienced pilot, just had gotten his license, and it was a cloudy day, and decided he was going to take the plane up and just buzz around a little while and, and then come back in. But while he was flying, the clouds got thicker. The overcast hit the ground, and he couldn't see the ground anymore, he couldn't see the runway, and he didn't know how to do an instrument landing, and he began to panic. And the control tower began to talk him in, but his panic grew and grew and, and suddenly heard the stern voice coming from the control tower that said, you just obey the instructions. We'll take care of the obstructions. You see, he had to have faith in that control tower and they were able to bring him in safely, no problems. You know, and so today we're gonna move on in our series on faithful. What can fuel our faith in an empty world? You know, we've been looking at six elements of faith um, that we need to, to take a look at, elements that will grow our faith. The first week, we looked at the power of God's word. Are we into his word? Are we reading it? Are we uh, taking it into our hearts and our lives and, and following through with it? And uh, we learned that if we allow it to, it will speak to us. It can transform us. It can comfort us. And yes, it just might confront us. But we need to be into the word. The second week, we talked about the power of influence. You know, the people that we relate to every day, the people that we're most constantly in contact with have an influence on our life. And so how important is it that we are socializing and keeping ourselves attached to other people who believe like we believe, that we might grow in our faith through them. And then last week, we looked at pivotal circumstances in our life, and some of these are crucibles, and they can draw us away from God or they can draw us to God. And if we will allow them to draw us into a deeper faith, we'll grow in our faith. And then today, we're gonna look, look at how do we live out our faith? And more specifically, about stepping out in faith. You know, and, and this is more than just walking in our faith every day, our daily walk in faith. We all do that. 
But sometimes we're called by God to step out in faith. And so what does that mean? You know, it's not blindly walking into the unknown. But what it is, is making a confident choice to trust God with your life and your future. Making decisions uh, that might take some risk, might get us out of our comfort zone. And I want to take you back this morning to the Old Testament. Now, those of you who know me, and Pastor Jim just introduced it, it shouldn't surprise you that I'm going back to the Old Testament. But what I want us to look at today is the story of Joshua and the Israelites as they stand on the shores of the Jordan River, ready to finally cross in to the Promised Land. Now, they've been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years because of their disobedience. And now here they are on the precipice of going in. The promised land, they can see it. And here they are on the banks of the Jordan River at flood stage. And the Jordan River at flood stage is impossible to cross. But God made this promise to Joshua. And we find it in Joshua 1.9. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And that promise that he made to Joshua, he also makes to us today. Be strong, be courageous, I've got this. You know, and we can rely on God to take us through. And so Joshua rallied all the troops. He said, get your stuff together, because in three days, we're going across this river. And the people had three things that they had to do before they crossed that river. First, they had to consecrate themselves. They had to make sure that they were in a holy place, that their lives were in connection with God and they were following after his commandments. They were obeying him. And then he says, follow the priests as they carry the ark. Now, the ark was this wooden box that was covered inside and outside with gold. And it was carried with two poles, A priest on each of the four corners would carry this. And for the Israelites, it represented the very presence of God. And Joshua says, we're going to follow that ark. We're going to follow the presence of God because we've never been this way before. But God has prepared the way, and we're going to follow him wherever he takes us. And the third thing they had to do was to step into the water. Put your feet in that raging river. And so when they got to the river, the people are standing there watching this water just rush by them. And they're probably thinking, what's with Joshua? Has he lost it completely? Or if God is really giving him these instructions, does he want to destroy us? There's no way we can walk across this river. How about if we just wait two or three months until the water subsides and it's crossable? I mean, after all, it's been 40 years. What's two or three more months? But God had a plan, and Joshua had committed to following God wherever he led, doing whatever he asked them to do. They can't wait for a change in their circumstances. God said, move out. Get your eyes off your circumstances. Focus on God's presence and follow him. They step into the river, the waters part, and they walked across on dry ground. So how can we know if God is calling us to step out in faith. 
Well, you won't know the whole plan. You know, he's asking you to take a risk, even if you don't know what the next step is. You know, Martin Luther King put it this way. Faith is taking the first step, even if you can't see the whole staircase. You know, it's scary. But if God has a plan and we're a part of it, we need to honor that plan. Wherever you're going, God has already been there and prepared the way. He's gone ahead. He's shown you the way. Just follow him. You know, Pastor Jim alluded to my past, and when I was 50, I got this call from God that it was so clear that I was to preach. And I just kind of laughed. You know, you know, when you take those personality inventories, the extrovert-introvert scale, I fall off the introvert end. And there's no way I'm going to stand up in front of people and speak. I can't do that. I, I'm not hearing it right. God, you're wrong. There's no way I can do this. But at the same time, I was miserable in my job. You know, you get this job, you hate going to work every day, you know, it's not worth it. And so I started to pray, God, you gotta change my attitude or you've gotta find me another job. You see, I put it all on God. Change me, find me something else. And God clearly said, you know, you have to take a step in this yourself. I can't do it all for you. You have to take a step forward. So I was meeting with a colleague of mine that was one of our vendors, and, and I said to him, you know, if you know of anybody out there that's looking for somebody with my skill set in risk management and healthcare, you know, you run across these people every day, would you just let me know if there's somebody out there looking for a, a person like me, and I might be interested. So that was my step of faith, putting my foot in the water. The next day, I got a call from a COO of an insurance company that said, you don't know me, and I don't know you, but I know people who know you, and I think I have an offer that you can't resist. So I met with him, and two weeks later, I had a new job. Job that was great, I loved it. But I evidently didn't do enough research before I accepted it, because about two weeks into this job, I found out that 50% of my job was standing in front of people speaking. <laughs> teaching seminars, leading people in how they could better their operations. And I thought, God's having a good laugh, isn't he? And I followed my call to preach. You see, I took a step in faith, and God showed me that he'd prepared the way. He gave me this position that was going to require me to do what he was calling me to do. And so here I am today. And so sometimes that plan won't make sense. It didn't make sense to me, and it might not make sense to the people around you. But sometimes we just have to face the fact that what we're doing isn't working, and we need to lean on God, step out in faith, and do what he's asking us to do. I had a friend that was a single mom, and she truly lived paycheck to paycheck. She'd sit down once a month to do her bills, and when she paid all her bills at the end of that season of paying bills, she had no money left, no discretionary income at all. And she heard a sermon one Sunday in church, and God said, you know, I, I think it's time that you start tithing. <laughs> you know, and, and tithing for us in the church means you give like 10% of your income back to God through the church. And she said, there's no way I can do that. And then she thought, well, you know, God's telling me I needed to do this, and I just got to do it. And so she sat down that next month with her bills, and the first check she wrote out was a check to the church. 
And when she got done paying all her bills, she had money left. And she said, I don't understand God's math. (laughs) My income hasn't changed, my bills haven't changed, but I now have a little discretionary money at the end of every month. You see, she stepped out in faith and God provided the way for her. You know, and as we step out in faith, it gives us opportunities to see the impossibilities that God can do, to see God work miracles. You know, if it made sense, it wouldn't need faith. We wouldn't have to step out in faith and allow God to do the work. And we wouldn't have stories to tell. Now, you saw a film this morning about Jesus' film, Harvest Partners. I'm fortunate enough to be on the board of that organization. And we have 1,100 teams of people around the world that take that film to their own village, to their own tribe, to the next village, to the next tribe. And that's 200 more teams registered this year than what we had last year. And when we sat down and thought about it as a board, that means 200 new sets of equipment. And this equipment isn't cheap. And then we started to hear from people in the field that they were needing their equipment replaced. Um, The parts weren't working anymore, and we found this new equipment. It's one piece of equipment that combines all of the pieces that they have in the field into one. It's state-of-the-art. And we've had 1,100 teams that need this piece of equipment. And the cost of getting 1,100 teams equipped this year is $4 million. Our budget at Jesus Film every year is $4 million. It would be doubling what we have to spend this year. And we prayed about it together, we talked about it together, and we unanimously came to the decision that if there are 1,100 teams of people out there, that's about 5,500 local people taking this Jesus Film to their own tribe, to the next tribe, and they're called to do this then somehow we've got to be called to equip them. And so as we prayed and as we talked about it, we agreed to increase our budget by $4 million for this year to buy equipment. It's an impossibility for us. We're totally dependent on donations from people. And we had a two-day board meeting, and by the time we ended that second day, we'd had a call from a donor. It said, God has been nudging me that there are teams out there that need equipment. And I'm gonna give you $2 million to buy equipment this year. You know, you step out in faith, God's got a plan. Don't get your eyes on the circumstances, just step out in faith. So we're halfway there to equipping these 1,100 teams around the world with state-of-the-art equipment. You know, there's a story about Peter in the New Testament, for those of you who are New Testament people. It kind of has these same elements. You know, the 12 disciples are in a boat and they're out on the Sea of Galilee and the wind and the waves are kind of batting them around a little bit and they see somebody walking to them on the water and they're afraid. Who are you? And I'm Jesus, I'm your Lord. I'm coming to you on the water. Don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. And Peter says, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come to you on the water. Now, I don't believe Peter really thought Jesus would say, come. (laughs) But Jesus said, okay, Pete, come on. You know, Pete was consecrated to Jesus. 
He had joined up with him several months before this, committed to following him. He's following Jesus. He's gonna do whatever Jesus tells him to do. And he got his feet wet. He stepped out of the boat. The problem was that he took his eyes off of Jesus and started to focus on the circumstances and began to sink. And Jesus saved him. You know, the bigger question that I have is why are the other 11 still in the boat? You know, Peter stepped out on faith. What's wrong with the other 11? But then I thought about it and I thought, along with me, many of you would still be in the boat too. You see, stepping out on faith is about taking a big risk. It's about going above and beyond what you know you can do on your own. It's stepping out of your comfort zone. And the Apostle Paul told the Corinthian church in chapter 12, verse 9 of 2 Corinthians, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. It's not about your strength. It's not about your power or your weaknesses or what you can't do. It's about my power, and it will be made perfect in your weakness. You know, here at, at Faithbrook, we have a ton of people who volunteer every week in our kids' zone. Some of you in the room today are volunteers in kids' zone. You know, and I, I hear from people that they get more blessing out of working with these kids than they give. It's a blessing to them. And well, you might say, you know, well, that's not my forte. I'm not a kid person. I can't do that. I'll find something else to do. But have you stepped out on faith and found that something else to do? Found a spot where you can serve, where you can volunteer. You know, if God is nudging you, step out on faith and do it. You know, and you say, well, I don't have the talent. I don't have the gifts to do it. Well, somebody once said that God doesn't call the equipped. He equips those he calls. You know, and we have um, a group on Tuesday nights of kids that meet. It's called Level Up. You know, and these are kids that are a little too old for kids' zone, but they're not teens yet. They're not quite ready for the youth group. And they were kind of feeling left out. And so a few years ago, we had a couple of guys that started working with these kids. And they love it. And every Wednesday or every Tuesday now, you have from 10 to 16 kids that will show up. But, you know, these guys felt like we needed a female influence. You know, somehow these girls needed somebody that they could relate to, and they were having a terrible time trying to find some women that were willing to step in. Well, a few weeks ago, we had two ladies that stepped out in faith. So I'll do it. I'll come. I'll start being there. I'll start worshiping and ministering to these kids and helping them out. And so they're there. You know, and I didn't grow up going to church with my family. But there was a little church about two blocks down the street, and my brother and I decided one day, let's go check this place out. I was in sixth grade, and in those days, we had Sunday school. And so I walked into my Sunday school class, and within three weeks, I knew this teacher cared about me. She stuck with me through my whole life. As I grew up through high school years, through college years, into adulthood, Mrs. Shuey was always there for me. And then a year later, I had to move out of that class because I'm now in junior high. And in junior high in those days, they separated the boys and the girls. And they didn't have a teacher for the junior high girls class, and so there were about five of us, and we came to church on that Sunday wondering what's gonna happen, there's no teacher. 
And we sat around giggling and laughing like junior high girls do. And all of a sudden, the door opened and in walked this little 80-year-old lady. <laughs> she said, hi, I'm Anna. <laughs> I'm going to be teaching your class. And we all kind of rolled our eyes and looked around and thought, how are we going to relate to her? I mean, she's 80. You know, but I don't remember any of my seventh grade teachers that year. But I remember Anna because she invested in us girls. She had a small little one-bedroom apartment, and on Saturday, she'd have us all come over and have lunch with her. She taught us how to bake. We baked Christmas cookies together. She taught us how to bake bread. We made rolls. She invested in each one of our lives, and as she invested in us, we learned that she was once a teenager. <laughs> she kind of understood the raging hormones and the emotions we had, and we learned that she had raised some teenagers on her own. <laughs> and now she was investing in the lives of her teenage grandchildren. Anna understood teenagers. And I will never forget Anna. She made a profound impact on my life. Now, you might be 80 years old and think you can't relate to kids. If God's nudging you, don't ever say you can't do it. You know, there's a blogger out there named Breeny Brown. And in one of her blogs, she said this. You can choose courage or you can choose comfort, but you can't have both. You know, and so when you step out in faith, you step out with courage. So let's look at these elements of stepping out in faith that the Israelites had to do at the banks of the Jordan. First of all, they had to consecrate themselves. You know, they had to be in a right relationship with God. You know, if you want to hear from God, if you want to be able to listen to him, to recognize his voice, you have to know him. You have to know him personally. That's how we recognize his leadership in our lives. You learn to put him first. And it could be today that you've never really stepped into faith in Christ. But today is a good day to do that. It's about asking him to come into your life, to forgive your sins, to live, live his life through you, that you're going to follow him, you're going to do what he asks you to do. And some of you might say, well, I, I believe in God. I'm pretty religious. I'm, I'm here. I'm attending church. I'm listening online. But I'd advocate this morning that you trade in your religion for a relationship. Get to know Christ in a personal way. Step out on faith. That's your first step in faith, is to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And then the once you've got that, have you come to the point of baptism as a believer? That's the next stepping out in faith. It's acknowledging publicly your relationship to God, that you've got this personal relationship with him. You know, when we baptize people, they go under the water, dead to sin, and you rise to new life in Christ. You know, when I read through the Acts, baptism to me doesn't seem optional. Every time somebody came to accept Christ as Lord and Savior of their life, they immediately went to the river and were baptized. You know, and if, if you're interested in taking that next step in faith, just pull out one of those blue connection cards and put on there that you're interested in baptism and give us your contact information and we'll get in touch with you for the next baptism service we have. And the second thing they have to do is to follow God. You know, don't move until you see God move. Follow where he leads you. Um, he's been this way before. He knows where he's leading you. He's going ahead of you to prepare the way. And sometimes if he gives you a little nudge, step out in faith 
and go where he leads you. It's where lives will be transformed. You know, a few years ago, we had this process going on in our congregation called Who's Your One? Every one of us was to pick one person in our life that we could pray for, engage with, talk about faith with. Some of you are here this morning because you were someone's one. And we have another lady who was someone's one. He took an opportunity to talk with her every opportunity he got, and he began to share his faith with her. He talked with her about what it would take for her to take that step in faith. Today, her life is transformed. She doesn't do the things she used to do. She doesn't go the places she used to go. She's been transformed by the power of God. You know, and sometimes we have to look for the places where God's already at work, and we go join him there. Proactively, looking for opportunities to share our faith, to tell our story. You know, how about this person at school or at work that keeps making snide remarks about Christians, about Christianity and religion? Ask God to let you know when the perfect time is to have a conversation. Step out in faith to share your story, your faith with that person. You know, Connie Quirk shops at Walmart. <laughs> and you know, Walmart has these greeter people as you walk in that smile and shake your hand and say, welcome to Walmart. Well, Connie found a guy that every time she went, he's there. And she began to engage with him in conversation. And after a few trips, she began to share her faith with him. She invited him to church. And he showed up one Sunday in church. His life has changed because Connie stepped out in faith and saw an opportunity and began to share. You know, Mary Lou Pearson's uh, memorial service was on Thursday, and we heard from, from people there how Mary Lou's faith in Christ just flowed through her. And her kindness, her gentleness, the way she communicated with people. And as a cashier at Cub, people would stand in her long line just to have a conversation with Mary Lou. All the other lines were much shorter, but they wanted that interface, that interaction with Mary Lou because Jesus lived through her. She stepped out in faith and shared her faith. You know, Chrissy Thompson recognized a need and, you know, God called her to start a mom's group. You know, there are a lot of moms in the neighborhood. They may not come to church, but they're interested in being better moms. And so Chrissy started this mom's group, and it's been going for several months now, and God is working in the hearts and the lives of moms. You know, Chrissy saw the need, and she stepped out in faith, and she's given them the opportunity to strengthen their faith and their confidence as moms. And as they grow in faith, as their faith becomes full, it's spilling over into their families and into their children. You know, and we're looking at doing the same thing with the single ladies group. Whether you've never been married, you're widowed, or you're divorced, you know, there are times when you just want some fellowship with someone. And if you'd like to be a part of that group and go to coffee once in a while, maybe dinner together, if there's an event that we could go together, you don't have to go by yourself, that's the kind of thing we want to do. And so if you're interested in being part of a single ladies group, use that blue card in the seat in front of you. 
and just give us your contact information and say single ladies group, and I'll be back in contact with you as we start to roll that out. You know, one of the bedrocks of our society, designed by God, is the nuclear family. And that nuclear family is under attack in our world today. And so how do you step out in faith with your family? Well, you know, in, in the New Testament, Jesus is having this conversation about what's the greatest commandment. And it comes down to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Now, when he said this to the Jews, we read that sentence, and that's all we see. But the Jews, who have memorized the Torah, their book of commandments, heard something very different. Um, and it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And most of the Jews had this memorized. It's called the Shema. And it starts out, Shema Yisrael, in the Hebrew. And that word Shema, we transfer as hear. Hear, O Israel. But the word Shema means more than hear. It means hear it, to understand it, and to obey it. And if you're not obeying it, you didn't hear it. So when the Jews heard this sentence, here's what they heard. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Put them in your heart. They're your life. Live your life according to these commandments. But then he goes on and he says, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you rise up. It's, in, it's really impressing on your children the laws of God, the word of God. You know, it's more than just hear it, it's do it obey it, and impress it on your children as they live out their lives. You know, stepping out in our families means teaching our children well, even when they resist it, even when they're not interested. Teach your children well. You know, one mom has started having family devotions with her kids every day. They read the Bible together. They pray together. You know, and, and as you do that, as you read the word with your children, it gets planted in their heart. They might even develop a hunger for the word and want to begin reading it on their own. They learn to pray. They learn what it is to communicate with the God that loves them. And they begin to develop their own uh, relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, stepping out in faith is not always easy. It's gonna challenge us. But I believe that we will see rewards when we do it. And rewards not only in others that we touch, but in ourselves. We're gonna grow stronger in the faith. You strengthen your faith when you spend more time in prayer, more time in the word, and you surround yourself with people who are passionate about Jesus. That's our call to step out in faith. So as we close up this morning, what are some things to remember when you step out in faith? 
You have to be willing to move forward even when you don't have all the answers. Get your feet in the water. You know, I know some people who are very analytical. And when faced with a new challenge or something new to do, they get out their spreadsheets. You know somebody like that, I can tell you're kind of laughing. But the spreadsheet comes out and you got all the columns and the rows and everything's got to add up. You've, you've got your list of pros and cons and how that's all going to measure out. And if it's logical, you're going to move ahead with it. But if it's logical, you don't need to step out in faith. If it's logical, it's not going to take God to make it happen for you. God just says, step in the water. Go get your feet wet, even if it doesn't make sense. You know, and when you think that God is nudging you or he's speaking into your life, trust him. You know, talk to other believers, get their perspective. Pray and read the scriptures. You know, every big decision you're going to make, you know, what college am I going to go to? Am I going to go to college? Do I need to make a career move? Do I need to move my family to a new neighborhood? Whatever the decision you're making in your life, take it to Jesus. He'll, he'll give you the nudge. He'll help you to understand. Get into his word. And really key is keeping your eyes on Jesus. Follow God. Don't let your circumstances overwhelm you. You know, don't rely on yourself and your own strength. You know, one of the things that Haley Cooper has said is you can't play it safe and stay in your comfort zone while you still are trying to follow Jesus. You know, if you really want to follow Jesus, you got to get out of your comfort zone. You know, and then there, there's this verse in Zechariah 4.6 that we're all pretty familiar with, I think. It says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. I can't do it in my own strength. I don't have the power to do some things, but if I step out in faith, God's power will get me there. And the last thing we need to keep in mind is know that he's got you. He's on your team. He wants to see you succeed in your Christian life and whatever he leads you to, follow him where he takes you. You know, there are many scriptures that talk about God keeping his eye on us and watching over us. One of those is Psalms 121.8. It says, the Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Wherever he's taking you, he's going to watch over you. He's looking for people that will make themselves available. He wants us to step out on faith and watch him do amazing things through us and among us. Don't stand on the shore. Get your feet in the water and see what he can do in you and through you. You know, there's a verse in 2 Thessalonians 1.11 that says, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica. And he says, we constantly pray for you. That's him and his fellow workers. We constantly pray for you that our God may count you worthy of his calling. And then listen to this. And that by his power, he may fulfill every good purpose of yours and every act prompted by your faith. Every act prompted by your faith. Step out in faith, my friends. God will lead you. He's been there ahead of you. He wants you to follow him this morning.
Let's stand and let me pray with you before we go. Father, I thank you this morning for who you are, that you are the Lord Almighty, the one who walks with us, who leads us, who prepares the way. And I pray that you would give each one of us the faith it takes to step out, get our feet wet, go where you lead us. And as we go from this place this morning, would you go with us? Would you bless everyone that's here in this room, everyone that's listening online this morning, would you pour your blessing into their life? We pray in Jesus' name, amen. And so as you go this morning, look for opportunities to step out in faith, to do what God has called you to do, and go with him wherever he leads you this morning. You're dismissed.